to Hillcrest Church Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. My name is Billy Powell, and if you speak Spanish, mi nombre es Guillermo. And it is a privilege for me to uh, be with you, uh, participating today and representing as well with, with others uh, childcare worldwide. But right now, as we think of the passage that has just been read, let me tell you a, a, a couple of stories. Uh, at the very beginning of the formation of the church, it didn't take very long for trouble to show up. The institutional church, uh, or uh, the religion of the day, did not like this, that the simple message of the grace of God, of the resurrected Christ, was taking hold in the city. One of those preachers, one of those leaders, was Stephen. And as you may remember, uh, he was taken, judged, and killed. He was the first martyr of what would be known as the Christian church. At that time, then, of course, as persecution started, people moved out, believers moved out to, to other cities and, and, and areas. And one of the cities where they moved to was a, a city called Antioch. There, for the very first time, the gospel was preached to the Gentiles, to non-Jews. And many of them came to faith in Jesus. Barnabas, one of the leaders of the church, was sent there. And Acts chapter 11 says that when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Years go by. And the Apostle Paul, who has been preaching throughout all, all of Asia Minor and, 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 and different areas, is now writing a letter to the believers in, in Colossae. There, he recounts what he has been seeing everywhere he goes. He writes in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, All over the world... This gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. It is today the same message that is transforming people's lives, kids' lives. I love the emphasis on kids that, that you were mentioning. Obviously, this is, this is our work. And as kids then understand the grace of God, their lives are being transformed. Let me tell you the li- uh, uh, about Ramadulan. He's a teenager in Chennai, India. This is the report that we received just about three weeks ago. He comes from a Muslim background, and he loves to attend Life Center. In his, uh, Ramadulan had not heard the voice of God even once. In his religion, there are many procedures if they want to pray to God. The Easter story was something new for him. 
it helped him understand the step-by-step torture and pain God went through to prove his love for his children. He was attracted by Jesus' love, his sacrifice, and how God comes to us when we call him instead of following the step-by-step procedure in his Muslim religion. Now, he believes that Jesus is the true God who has died and rose again for us. He wrote, and now he is my friend forever. Fiona is a girl from Sesi Island in Uganda. I've been there several times. Fiona is now in trade school. She's in her early 20s. And she recalls the days before she gave her life to Christ where she would be involved in petty crimes like stealing. She was tormented by by anger and hatred. After giving her life to Christ, now she's part of a church, and her life has changed with the support and teaching that she receives there. This is what she wrote. I'm challenged and encouraged to study hard and share the good news with others so that I can be a blessing to someone's life the way I am being blessed. What is happening with with these stories? What is the grace of God? Or should we ask, who is the grace of God? The Apostle Paul seeks to explain the glorious concept of the grace of God in the letter he wrote to the Romans. In it, he explains who God is, man's condition, and how God solved the dilemma of his justice and his mercy. In in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, he writes, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for the many? As you can see, Jesus Jesus Christ is the incarnation of God's grace. And so here in the letter of Titus, this passage that we just read, Chapter 2, verse 11, then tells us that the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That is, it's available to all people, everywhere. And this is why Child Care Worldwide's mission is first and foremost to expose or bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the children and then help them with their physical needs and contribute to their education. That is, we want to remove the obstacles that would inhibit a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we just said, the the message of salvation is available to all. And yet, not everyone receives it. Not everyone chooses Christ. Not not everyone accepts the demands of the gospel. In fact, in Jesus' words, for small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Why is that? 
Because to recognize that I cannot save myself, that I need someone else, is humbling. And in addition, I have to recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner. And then make changes in my life. No, and I think you've heard it in one way or another, many people prefer to say, find me a religion that does not have any demands, that gives me what I want, and allows me to keep control of my life. The salvation that, that God offers is different. It demands change. But not change in order to be saved, but change because we are saved. This is what the grace of God instructs us or teaches us. When we look at, at these verses, I think it connotes two things. Number one is that the grace of God is, per, is personified in the person of Jesus Christ, as we said earlier. Christ is the incarnation of God's grace. And so as we think of John chapter 1, it says that Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. That is, everything Christ taught, everything in his word mean, is meant to teach us, not as a lawgiver to keep us in line, but as a tender grace giver to lift us up, to strengthen us, to remake us in the image of God that sin had distorted. This is what now the Word of God with the Holy Spirit does. It takes the life and teaching of Christ and further applies it into our lives. The salvation that God offers goes beyond forgiveness of sins and an eternal life. God's salvation is for the then, that is heaven, but it's also for the now, the this present age, as our verse 12 specifies. Our passage states clearly that it is for the present age, and it also includes the blessed hope. What is so beautiful of uh, God's instructions is that it is always full of hope, always looking forward. And that is the Christian walk. Uh, that, that is how we should be walking each day. Not an easy walk. And in fact, in many places, in many countries, it's a very hard uh, walk. But never gloomy. Never hopeless. Never disappointing. As I said, I have the privilege of traveling to every location where we have children sponsored and visit their churches, visit many of their homes, visit their schools. And you, and you know what? They have the same spiritual life we do. Their economic situation makes their life difficult, but their spiritual life is the same. Uh, there is... There is so much joy in their, in their singing, so much joy in their dancing, the fa their faces are full of joy. And that's because the life in Christ they have supersedes whatever ma material needs and difficulties that, that they might have. So, 
because the same spiritual life is theirs and ours, God's instructions then are the same for them and for us. So very quickly, what are the things that the grace of God teaches us? We need to be taught that whatever lifestyle, behaviors, attitudes we have that are contrary to God's character and will, we need to live behind. We need to say no, as the NIV puts it. Some of you may remember the campaign back in the 80s. Um, I had just arrived in the country with, 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 with my young family, and the campaign in those days against drugs was just say no. The difference here in what Paul writes is that there are two great incentives in saying no. The first is a positive way of life. Uh, a life that is self-controlled, upright, and godly in this present age. And the second is that he talks about the blessed hope. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we make our life more complicated than it needs to be. So whether you are young and in college or starting uh, a working career whether it's marriage and raising a family, whether it is serving in church or in the community, the first and most basic consideration is the integrity of our lives. Am I honoring God and responding to the grace I have received in a way that says no to sin and yes to integrity? I think we could summarize the concepts of self-control, upright, and godly lives as a life of integrity. A life of integrity that may or may not be rewarded in this life, but will most assuredly be rewarded at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me finish with a word on verse 14. What a more, what more powerful reason do we have for saying no to sin and yes to a life of integrity than understanding the, the purpose of Jesus for coming into the earth? He wrote, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Jesus Living the glories of heaven, humbling himself to live as a man, die as a criminal, though he was innocent, so that he could completely pay for your sins and my sins, and then be counted as righteous before God. And, I love this, purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. You and I are His very own. We belong to Him. We no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to Christ with all the benefits and blessings that are included and as well the responsibilities. The concept of eager to do 
what is good. So let me close with one last story. Nargis is 19 years old. She's also from India. She comes from a Muslim background. And she's, she writes, she's a very hard-working girl. She lives in a hat-type house, which has very limited facilities. As one of the sponsored children, she came to attend Easter celebration without any expectation. She just wanted to be there, relax, spend time with her friends. But the skit performed by the children at Life Center made, made her wonder, why did Jesus die for me? Why would someone need to go through this much suffering to save someone's life? She never had this in her mind. But suddenly, these questions made her think of his love and the sufferings he went through. Why should God die for the sins of the people? She was very confused because in the Quran, Jesus is mentioned as, as a prophet only. But this time, her questions were answered by the Holy Spirit. So she prayed a small prayer to God for forgive, to forgive her sins and invited Jesus to speak to her by surrendering herself to his will. She wrote, she's now very happy, and this helped her understand the power of resurrection. And she finished her story by saying, I'm alive in him. This is the grace of God in action. Is it in your life as well? Let me pray. As we, O oh Lord, are the recipients of your grace, the person of Jesus Christ who came, died, lived a perfect life, died, and then was resurrected so that we could have forgiveness of sins and life everlasting and a purpose for while we are here on earth. I pray, Lord, that that life, that grace, may, may be in each one of us, even this morning. In, this, in his name that I pray. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Church. For more info on this and other sermons, visit us online at hcbellingham.com or join us at 9 or 11 a.m. any Sunday morning, 1400 Larrabee Ave, Bellingham, Washington.